sat there and I looked at it and I said, no, Marissa, (laughs) we are not allowed to go to this book fair because you need to read some of the books. It helped that I was sitting upstairs and I was literally surrounded by all the books I haven't read that I own. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do it. If I had been downstairs, maybe. Could have convinced me. All right, and welcome to the Book Jar Podcast. My name is Marissa, and I'm here with my best friend, Megan. Here we talk about book-related news and topics on a bi-weekly basis. But first of all, how are you today, Megan? Good. Just petting little Howie here. A little Howster. Yeah, he's just so chill. Until he coughs. Until he coughs and ruins our take, and then we got to redo it. And Well, we can just leave this one in. Yeah. Just, just, just to prove our point. Everyone knows now. It's okay, Howie. We love you. Yeah. Howie, Howie's cute. He's cute. Well, how, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm out of my reading slump. I have yes. read like... Yes. Let me pull up the stats for you because so thus far in July, because it's July now, I have read... <laughs> let's get the... wanted my pages count. Okay. okay. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Okay. So at this far in July, I have read 1,610 <laughs> pages. Oh, wow. Like, it's, what is it? <laughs> July 6th is when we're recording? It's literally July 6th today. So six days into July and you've read that many pages. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. How many books is that? Uh, Almost three. So I'm about six pages away from finishing one book. <laughs> Why didn't you just finish it before we started recording I, this? I was trying to. <laughs> I actually missed your text message that you were on your way to my house because oh, I was trying to finish the book. Fair, fair. So... And then I realized that, and then I realized that you were like literally sitting outside my house, and I still hadn't like gotten ready, so I like quickly <laughs> ran upstairs and like put my hair up in a bun, <laughs> which is all the ready I need to get, really. Yeah. Um. So like I was trying. Yeah. But it's it's technically not complete. So technically, like two point nine eight. Okay. Books. Well, I'll, you can round it up. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. So that kind of leads us into our next section. So I. I, I do want to talk about the books we've we've read recently. Yes. So I last time we talked, I was I had just started or I was just getting into The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, which is a Goliath of a book. Mm-hmm. It is a literal brick. We mm-hmm. were making lots of fun about that last time. But uh I finished that one. Um I finished it in June though, so it's you know, counts towards that <laughs> angle. And then I read the second one in the series, which is Words of Radiance. And I have that split into two books. Like I have a part one and a part two, although you can get it as just like one book. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that it was split into two books because I got to count it as two books yeah. in my reading goal, which That's I really nice. appreciated. <laughs> but yeah, each of the part, like part one was like over 600 pages and part two was over 500 pages. So it was like 1100 pages total. Wow. So that's what I've been reading recently. What I will say is that Brandon Sanderson has quickly skyrocketed to like one of my favorite authors. Oh, how come? So I think The Way of Kings starts off um, in a like slow, fast way. So you know those fantasy books you read and then you're like, I don't know what these words mean. Like, I'm so confused. Mm -hmm. It starts like that and there's lots of action. So you're like, there's like a guy and he's like lashing himself, which means like he's like changing the direction of gravity and he's he's using stormlight. And you're like, I don't know what any of these words mean, Mm -hmm. Sanderson. Like, what are you doing? Stop it. Yeah. And then you get 500 pages in and you're like, oh my God, this dude is lashing. And oh my God, this person can use stormlight. And like, you just suddenly know everything. Mm. And because it's like such a consistent, consistent level in which like he does break things down for you so you understand what's happening but it's never like you're never like talked down to oh it's nice so it's like you're almost just like kind of expected to understand with the characters what's going on and so it keeps like this nice world building aspect really like clean and i really enjoyed that Mm -hmm. um i actually said um because alex got me this book. Um, and for those of you who don't know Alex, we talk about her lots on the podcast because she's part of our book club. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's actually going to be on the podcast in August, which is very exciting. But 
she was the one who bought me this book and she's a big Brandon Sanderson person. And I texted her and I said, this book is like nourishment. Like that's like, it was like a refresh for me, mm-hmm. like in the sense that I was enjoying it so much. And the the world was so rich and the like he writes action really good, which I've never been a fan of like really action yeah. based books because it's like hard to keep track of what people are doing. But they'd be doing these complex complex things involving magic and like all this stuff and i wouldn't feel confused oh which was like kind of a brush of uh, a breath of fresh air rather yeah like i don't know i find that hard to find where you like you have a fantasy writer who could like write action really clearly without it feeling slow yeah or like impossible (laughs) like you know how like fantasy writers kind of like you're like how did they get from there to there all of a sudden yeah it's and they like don't i don't have really the magic to do that i'm confused yeah it's like and then they're like just don't worry about it like yeah, i feel worry, like sometimes they're about like it. just don't worry about just it just brush it off they're it's fine yeah and so i've really been enjoying it and i what i will say also is i feel i'm gonna stop talking about brandon sanderson in a second but <laughs> i do feel like and i don't often say this about male writers <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I feel like he knows how to write women oh. in a way that doesn't make me want to just like throw up. Yeah. So I think he writes romance pretty good too. Like romance is definitely not a key feature in this book. Mm-hmm. Like don't go into it like expecting like Sarah J. Moss levels. But the romance that is in there is rich. Like it's like really well done and the characters like are just so... They're just so developed by the point that they're even like considering a romance or like they're in this situation that you're like just completely invested in in the little nuggets of romance that there is. And I actually like was like, this is this is like, again, it was like nourishment. Like I was like, this is so good. Like I feel like I feel like this is just like the richest dessert. But like, Mm -hmm. like I'm also not feeling like sick from it. Like I can just keep eating it. I can keep reading it. So like, yeah. That's been really awesome. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he sounds like a good author, and I wish like his books weren't so long. Yeah, I was I feel gonna like say I would like enjoy it, but I think if the point ever came where you were like, I I don't know, like I hit my reading goal, and mm-hmm. like I don't care how long the next book take book takes me. Like, I would say, like, you could try it in that situation. But, like, definitely if you're, like, trying to keep up with a reading goal and you are a little bit of a slower reader, like, I get why this is, like, a hard thing. Yeah. It might be, like, another thing I could add to, like, my audiobooks or something. Yeah. I think maybe that that would be a good, especially in the beginning where you're, like, kind of confused about what's going on. Like, you might be able to audiobook it even until you get, like, super into it. Because I know once you're super into stuff, um, it's just a little bit easier to read them. And so... Like, that might be an option. I would keep it on your list of, like, if you're not feeling anything else and you feel like undertaking a big project, because I think you'd, I actually think you'd really like it. Yeah. And the characters are really well developed and, like, I really loved them. And, but, yeah, it's a lot. He also has, like, so he has parts in his books. (laughs) So (laughs) it's, like, part, like one through five and then in between each part sometimes there's like interludes and so these interludes are about like characters that you're not like really following but they like tie into the story so like the interludes are sometimes like a little bit annoying because you're like reading all about this one person and they're like oh my god Kaladin's doing this and like you're like following Kaladin and Shallan and then like and then you're just like I don't know who this person is yeah (laughs) and I don't really care but he makes you care about it if you're actually like yeah willing to do it so it is it is an it is a project to undertake it's i'm definitely not trying to undersell like how complex it is i just think the complexity is a little bit of what made it so great yeah like it's worth it yeah to do it and like how many books is that in in so apparently i believe i think it's gonna be 10 and he's only got four oh (laughs) how how old is this man is he going to make it to the (laughs) i'm just concerned i'm just (laughs) that's horrible so the the reason that's so horrible is um so brandon sanderson took over the wheel of time from robert jordan after he passed away okay i didn't know that yeah so he finished off i want to say and like i might be very wrong on this but i want to say it was like supposed to be the last like book or two books of the series 
And then Brandon Sanderson got in and got all the notes because I guess Robert Jordan's wife had been like in the process of like, you need to finish this series. Mm -hmm. Like it was very important. And then Brandon Sanderson started looking at the notes and he was like, yeah, this isn't two books. This is like six. (laughs) (laughs) So he like finished the series, but he actually expanded it to like make sure everything was tied up really nicely. Oh, that's nice. And like a lot of people who were a big fan of that series said he did a really good job. Mm. Like that was actually like a really um, like he just did it really well. And I mean, part of that is probably based off of Robert Jordan just having really good notes. Yeah. And keeping good track of like what he was doing with the series, but also Brandon Sanderson's like ability to do that world building and that. Yeah. Like, I'm just really impressed with how much thought went into it. I think I read in the start of the book that like, um, so the one I'm reading is, is technically called, um, the Stormlight Archive, like that's the series name. And he said he started it in like the 90s. Wow. And then it's just like it grew. Mm-hmm. And then like now it's like this whole thing. Anyway, fabulous, oh, right? That is nice. I feel a little insensitive now because I didn't know that. No, um, I, I know. I know you were just saying. <laughs> I, I don't actually know Sanderson's doesn't. age or anything yeah, like that. I, oh, let's hope he finishes it before. Yeah, I think he, I think he will. I think he's a pretty fast writer i would imagine oh, good. see that's the thing i find that I yeah, you're thinking george R. I'm think- R. Martin. yeah i'm thinking of someone who takes a long long time <laughs> to write those huge books i think but- george R. R. martin just to switch gears i think he's got it done personally that's yeah. my like <laughs> theory is he has it done and he just doesn't want to release it because he doesn't want to deal with any backlash and mm, so that will come out when what? after yeah he- passes at some point and however long that is is however long like i personally just think that just because i don't know i feel like it would be such a big thing to leave undone unfinished especially like in his own life like it's his own achievement something yeah like yeah yeah no that totally makes sense like i think that that's kind of something he might be kind of planning but i i don't know i I don't have access to george rr martin's thoughts why not Mm -hmm. well you know (laughs) no technology yeah. It's not yet. yet. <laughs> so I've read three books <laughs> since we last met, which... Yeah, it's pretty... Pr- and like, that's it. Hey, you haven't read any like outside of that series or anything? So the one I'm reading right now is yeah. um, Leviathan Wakes by James Ooh. A. Is that sci-fi? Corey? It is. And it's not awesome. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I had higher hopes for this book. Yeah. I'm not finished... Like I said, there's about six pages left, so I feel like I can talk about it a little bit. Um, But technically, I'm not counting it as finished. Um, But so everything that I think Brandon Sanderson does really well, uh, James A. Corey does not. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So I don't like the way he talks about women at all in his books. Like there are have been a couple main characters who are or like significant characters who are women mm-hmm. and like the one is dead and is like talking to this guy through like these visions he's having which like feel a little inappropriate because it's she's young mm-hmm. like quite young like maybe 20s and he's like in his 50s and he's like he's imagining her and then every time he sees like this vision of her he's like gosh she's so beautiful and i'm just like i just like and he's like i love her so much and i'm like this is it feels pervy. Like, it feels <laughs> gross. Yeah. And I know it's not supposed to feel like that, which is making me more uncomfortable. And then he's like, I don't know, this might be kind of creepy. But And it's like, you can acknowledge mm-hmm. that it's creepy all you want, and that doesn't make it less creepy. Yeah. Like, like I'm still weird. judging you for doing this, even if you're like, oh, this might be creepy. Yeah, but like, like, maybe don't do it then. If yeah, it's like, creepy. if you had that thought. Yeah. And then there's another guy who is like... I don't know. He's like a captain or he becomes a captain in the course of a very short part in the beginning. (laughs) And he's like sleeping with this one girl and then he hears her death over like the ship blows up. And like so he hears her like her last gasp of air before like it gets like the impact. And like she knows she's about to die and it's like this whole thing. And then he's like, oh, so sad. And then he's like, actually, I'm in love with this other girl. And the other girl's like, I think you only like me because I'm the only girl on this ship. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, yeah, you might be right. And then (laughs) they like do this thing where they don't talk forever. And then she's like, what do I have to say to get you to ask me to your bed? And like, I was just like, I like people don't talk like this. Like people. That's weird. Even in a sci-fi world, like, I don't know, people don't talk like this. Like, this is, this is, this is not how women are. And also, like, it's, it's everything I hate about, it's just, like, 
And then, like, a whole bunch of women have these, like, rape backstories. And mm, yeah, I'm just, we don't like, like that. We don't like that. That's so low effort. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, like... And, like, a lot of it is, like, there'll be action happening. And then they'll be, like, oh, we have to get this thing back. And I'm, like, what thing? Like, what <laughs> object did you pick up? Because I, like, reread the passage, like, three times. And I have no idea what you guys picked up. So, like, either he's, like, intentionally trying to keep it from you so you don't know what they picked up. But it's just confusing. And then, like, interesting. there was this one passage I read very recently. And I was literally, like, I turned to my partner and I was, like, I have to tell you how this is written because it's so awful. And it was like, like, this is kind of spoilers, but um, kind of not because you don't really know the context. But like one of the guys who's an ex-cop shoots somebody in the head. Oh. And like, and then the other guy whose name is Holden is like, you just killed him in cold blood. And he's like, he's like, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. And I then did. Holden's like, are you even human anymore? Like, <laughs> like you're psychotic. And then the other guy's like, well, I'm a cop. And I'm like, okay, like, what is this dialogue? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I'm a cop. And then he's like, then Holden says something like, oh, like, you know, like, I can't, you know, like, I I, I had to, it ha like, or the cop says, like, it had to be done. And it's like, but then you don't, that doesn't mean you get to be executioner. And it was like, <laughs> nobody talks like this in this moment. <laughs> like, they just saw this guy kill someone. Yeah. Who, like they knew was evil and doing like shitty things and then he's just like i can do it because i'm a cop and i was like I'm nobody freaking talks like this <laughs> a cop would not say that like well he's an ex-cop so oh, you an know, ex -cop. yeah right yeah and he was like still and he's like weird. he's like such a good cop but then he gets fired because he's such a bad cop and then i was like i don't know like the characterization is all over the place and i'm just i literally was like sitting there and i was like i have 20 pages left i just want this to be over <laughs> I, yeah see that sounds like a book i would have not finished that would have been a DNF i do think if it sure. was one i didn't own i actually might have yeah because i just wasn't into it at all but because it's been a book that i own and like i wanted to read and mm -hmm. i and it was like a special edition of the book that i i got because i thought it was gonna be good because it had a special edition of it like i feel like that's must be good must be if at least special editions. i was like thinking it was at least gonna be good you know maybe not great yeah but good and right now it's like barely passing for okay yeah i'm curious to see what like the reviews are well it's got a four point something on Storygraph because I checked as I was reading through the mm. opening. I was like, should I keep going? Is this going to get better? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that might be hyperinflated. Yeah, I, I think it is. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I've been reading. Uh, so those are the almost four books that I've gone through since yeah. we last talked. So yeah. I'm making good progress, but I that's am really good. still still very hilariously 15 books behind pace Oh, sorry. No, I'm 15 books into the year. I'm 23 books behind pace towards my goal. Um, And, well, I'm only 3,500 because I've been reading Yeah, those books. long books. Well, yeah. and that's good. Like, I, the posts that we made for our IG of, like, your, of all of our, like, past reads, past yeah. few months, and then you just, like, jump up to, like, five or six <laughs> books, and I'm like, I said that to everyone I knew, appreciate this? I like, can you guys just <laughs> scroll through this and just like tell me which one is not like the other and they were like oh my god everything's <laughs> fine until until may <laughs> it's literally like like april it's like just my books and then like may june it's just all of a sudden just like explodes with marissa's books yeah. and i'm like well may was like great. still even like yeah i think we were like three two and three or yeah like three and two like i can't remember who had more but then it was like five to one <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I'm like, this seems right. Yes, yeah. is you're like, oh, this going is back this to is normal. How it's to yeah, be. <laughs> I like this. Anyway, what have you been reading? Um, so I just finished A Room with a View by oh, Ian fantastic. Forrester. Yes, yes, you've been talking about this. Yeah, one for a bit. so I'm really glad I got that one off of my list because it's been on it for a long time. It's just like kind of like a classic little novel. I think it was early 1900s that it set in and the authors from and stuff and it was like it was kind of like a cute little funny romance story about this girl lucy who like she's from london goes to italy with her cousin and she kind of like meets all these different characters and like starts to be more like socialized and sees that there's like more in the world than just like how she's living and she like kind of meets this guy and 
not a guy not a guy (laughs) and it's like i think so it's obvious that he likes her yeah and it's obvious to the reader which i love because the author's like oh dear reader like you know that (laughs) you know that she loves him but she's gonna deny it the whole time so like i loved that like he played with that a lot and like so it was just like cute watching that story and like just all the different characters it was just very like like following their life mm-hmm. and like literally i mean i posted it on our instagram but like the funniest thing like i've ever read in one of these like classics or any book in a while like i haven't read it like i had to like stop and like talk to my partner too and be like can i read this for you because it's so funny but there's like a scene where one of the characters they're all like swimming they're basically like, skinny dipping in this pool like these mm-hmm. three like grown men just like having the time of their life and then (laughs) the one old guy he's just like i think i've swallowed a polywog it's wiggleth in my tummy and i'm like i was trying to picture this (laughs) and the whole chapter was so funny because he kept saying and i tried to google because i had no idea what it means but he kept saying like apashu apashu and i'm like what does apashu mean yeah so i like google apashu and the only thing that comes up is like a twitter post of that page (laughs) and i'm like this is not helpful at all like this is some like old english that we just don't use anymore is it like onomatopoeia like what am i yeah what's going on what does this mean and the whole chapter he's saying like apashu and i'm like what is happening so if anyone has read it and knows what that's supposed to mean i would guess on monopea yeah because he's like swimming so i don't yeah, know if like, he's like like, psh, like yeah, mo- yeah like, like i feel like that's <laughs> like that's what it is yeah so it was really just fun like it was just like a fun read even though it was like kind of that old english a little bit so it was a little bit yeah tricky to read for me but like once i was like into it it was like it was fine it was enjoyable and like that it is, was that is what i find with the classics right? yeah like they, they sometimes are a little bit drawing to get into but once you're into them like yeah it was really it was just like really forward thinking too for like the era i was really expecting to see like a little bit of, like misogynistic stuff and mm-hmm. things like that but it like really wasn't like it was yeah. really like he really pushed like kind of like the liberal free thinking women thing in it and stuff and like yeah i think that might have been just like that era too is like that kind of stuff was like coming around and yeah yeah so it was really good i really enjoyed it all right i'm glad you enjoyed it i was uh i was excited to hear what you thought of it i haven't read it personally but i was really excited to hear like your thoughts once you were done yeah i definitely enjoyed it i'm glad i read it yeah um i think i gave it like four stars just because again just like getting into it's really hard for me but yeah i really liked it nice recommend anything else to talk about um on reading list wise no, that's all I got through this. That's all good. Time. So I do want to say that we're going to be talking about books with sad endings that you love. Sad and tragic. Sad and tragic. Tragic is worse than sad, I feel like. Yeah, tragic. Tragic is <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Sad is Looking for Alaska by John Green. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what's on your list to yeah. talk about today. <laughs> Shockingly, uh, I have Romeo and Juliet. And oh, what is that? <laughs> so I, I feel like I'm just going to get the obvious one out of the way. So Romeo and Juliet, like, I think this is what we think of when we think of tragedy, mm-hmm. right? We think of the classic of Romeo and Juliet. We think of, um, you know, the love, star-crossed lovers and the, mm-hmm. the double suicide, but very convoluted and the, nobody's communicating properly and it ends in tragedy. And why couldn't the... Pa- parents just bury the hatchet yeah um and i think i don't know if i have a lot to say about romeo and juliet because it's like it's i feel like it's one of those ones it's so hard to talk about because yeah. it's so like ubiquitous in our society well, everyone like, knows about it or yeah. has heard of it and it's like everyone realizes like yeah it is a tragic ending like, and it's like so sad and it's just like that's just it you know yeah that's there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> yeah um so that was kind of one of the ones that i i did like i'm a, i'm just a big william shakespeare fan i've always been even since high school i was the one who was excited for that unit and yeah. not dreading it yeah so yeah i just wanted to throw that one into the yeah the mix when i think so like obvious oh yeah and he's such a like prolific poet that he like he's poet right or would you playwright. call him playwright? More playwright. Okay. That he, like, that's what he's known for is, like, his tragic 
yeah a lot of his plays can be have tragic endings yeah he and 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 the tragic ones are the ones that i think people who don't read shakespeare tend to know yeah for sure um even like uh, Macbeth and Hamlet like those are ones that would pop into people's heads before you know um the Merchant of Venice mm-hmm. or you know a lot of his more comedic or comedy ones which yeah aren't necessarily funny they're just they end with a marriage <laughs> <laughs> no literally just it's like, like kind <laughs> of happy yeah so um yeah and I mean I think that stands for like a lot of the work like one of my favorite plays is actually um Hamlet I really I don't know I just have a soft spot for Hamlet I also have a soft spot for Macbeth um mm-hmm. mostly because when I was in high school and I read that one I didn't have the best teacher and so I learned a lot of that like I feel like that was one that I really had to learn myself because yeah. my teacher didn't actually really I didn't think understood it mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah Shakespeare, writer of tragedy. Yeah, if you, if you want a tragic tragic uh, ending, just pick up one of his. That's the way to go. I'm sure. Yeah. But we're going to talk about other options if you don't want to do that either. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. Uh, no One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood, which I've talked about before. Yes. Um, and it is about... So it's kind of... I can't remember exactly the word she used, but it's like based on her life... But it's also still like fictional. Like, right. so she kind of, it's like a memoir slash fiction, like kind of a hybrid. Mm-hmm. And so it's following kind of this um, woman who becomes like this internet sensation over like her book's version of Twitter and how like this thing called the portal or the internet like kind of sucks you in and takes Mm -hmm. you out of reality and kind of is just like a whole other beast. And then she finds out that her niece um, or her sister is pregnant um, with her niece who they find out has this congenital disease um, called Proteus syndrome, which is basically um, it's basically like enlarged body parts and stuff so uh joseph merrick would be the most popular example of that that he was also called the elephant man yeah um so they found out in utero that this child had it and they knew that her life expectancy wasn't very long so and in the book there's like abortion laws and it was too late and like all these things Mm -hmm. there's a risk to the mom like there was a bunch of like political things and going on as well so in the end like we know that this child isn't going to make it. Um, she ends up suffering from seizures. And when she's six months in a day, she ends up passing away. Um, and like the family's there. They got to celebrate like her six month birthday and stuff. And it's just like a really like raw, like personal feeling around it. Because, you know, like this is what that author yeah. went through. Like this was her niece. This was her family who went through this. And it was like kind of like seeing how she was grieving for it and like grieving for the death and just... Yeah, but also celebrating the opportunity that she got to meet her niece and got to have these memories with her niece and just, yeah, it's a sad ending, but it was also just like a really good, like, read in a way. Yeah, like it was really good read. She had like a really interesting way of writing this book in general, but then like getting to the point where you're like, oh, like there's something else going on here. Like there's something that's taking this, this internet sensation from the internet and being like grounded in reality and being Mm -hmm. like, there's more important things here that I need to focus my time on. And just, yeah, it was just, it's, it's obviously sad ending, but like worth it to like read it. Yeah. I think that that it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's especially hard for me when it's true. Like, yeah. I, th- those are the ones that do tend to get me because, like, yes, the fictional ones can be sad and you can make those connections to those characters, but knowing that, like, somebody actually went through this and they're mm-hmm. even just the bravery of, like, exposing that because that takes such a, like, authenticity to do. Yeah. And it, and it just, like, such a vulnerability and going through that and then, especially about something so, not only personal, but like tragic, raw, so surrounded by grief is like, I, I just can't imagine it. So there's just so many levels for it. Yeah. And she does it with like, a, I don't know, like I'm always impressed when like people write about this stuff and then like can still like be super vulnerable and like honest and also like add humor to it mm-hmm. because you're like, 
that's like real life like that's yeah. how a human being reacts to these kind of situations like it's not always going to be the same type of grief or the same way that you're going to react like you're gonna you're gonna find humor in different areas of your life or you're going to like and I, be kind of an a-hole to people like that's just how it is yeah i don't want to like undercut the realism of that by comparing it to fictional pieces but also like i think that is why um the shakespearean tragedies remain so relevant is because of his use of humor in those plays like mm -hmm. i think when you are going through a lot humor does tend to be something that is either like a way to cope or kind of the only way to like deal with some of the emotions mm -hmm. and so i don't know i think that's what resonates with a lot of people um and i think that that because it, it's easy to get tied up in how sad it is yeah and I'm not saying the humor is there to, like, distract us, but the humor is there to, like, even remind us how, like, real it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't actually think I have one that is real. Actually, you know what? I'm going to throw one out here that I didn't have written down. So okay. the diary of Vaslav Nijinsky is one that I've read. And so this is Nijinsky was, uh, uh, for anyone who's studied any man of ballet history, the name will be familiar. It was very prolific, very famous male uh, ballet dancer, I believe in like the 1920s or so around there. And he, um, he, he was, he was unwell at mm -hmm. the end of his life. Um, it was like unsure of whether like exactly the diagnosis, cause that was a thing, but it was, it's kind of a uh, suggested he had like schizophrenia or something like that like some sort of mental disorder and so reading his diary was really weird mm -hmm. um so there's parts of this diary that were cut out um by his um wife before she allowed it to be published mm. so that's always a really interesting topic mm -hmm. uh, or point of conversation for me as well because you don't know what's um kind of cut out and also he had a very famous affair well famous in in the dance world with <laughs> a choreographer that he worked with mm -hmm. Diagliev and uh so those <laughs> there's no reference to that so that's really interesting um and obviously something that maybe in the time period and being his wife she might not have wanted super public mm -hmm. at the time or when it got published but i think the saddest thing about like reading his diary is realizing when he's not understanding what's happening. Mm. There's certain passages where he's like walking around a town and just like the way he's describing how people are looking at him. You're like, I, I don't know what you're actually doing, but it's not what you think you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like people's reactions aren't appropriate for what you say you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of knowing that he was in a deteriorating mental state is like, it's just very jarring. And it is that moment where, like, it's so inappropriate. You, like, if it wasn't extremely sad, you would laugh. And because it's so sad, you can't laugh. And that makes it, like, even sadder. Yeah. Uh, so that was one that, um, like, really got to me. Um, the other one, <laughs> this one always gets me. The Unfinished Memoir of oh, Jose yes. Lamone. I've talked yeah. about this before. But it literally ends in the... I, just, I can't get over it. Yeah. Like, I will never get over this. Reading this memoir, knowing that he never finished it. I mean, it's called an unfinished memoir. Like, yeah. The, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, just... Like, it was such a... It was such a silly sentence that was the last sentence. It wasn't even anything, like, profound. It was just, like, him talking about this, like... Like, I think it was, he was, like, talking about his day and he was, like, I walked and, and it was, like, halfway through the sentence and then there's an ellipse, ellipsis, and then it goes and you flip the page and it says, Jose Lamon never finished his memoir. Aww. And you're just, like, and I just remember <laughs> bawling because I was, like, listen, I knew it was unfinished. I didn't know it was middle of the sentence. Yeah. Like, that was just. Well, and it's so hard. Like, you just spent, like, a whole book, like, learning about his life. Like, you just, like, know this guy now and then it's like he never got to finish he his never memoir. got to finish it like it's so sad it was like what else did he want to say like i want to know and i will never know and that's yeah there is a there is a tragedy in that and yet like i still 
for anyone, and this, these ones are a little bit harder because you have to be really interested in either biographies and diaries and like that sort of thing, or you have to be really inter- interested in dance history because they talk mm-hmm. a lot about dance. Mm-hmm. But they are both really good books if you have that lean. So, yeah. I mean, if that sounds like you or if you're interested in all, like they're very well written. Um, they are just very sad. Yeah. And I, it's interesting like reading those memoirs or biographies or anything because it's just like you know how it ends no matter yeah no matter what but you get to like kind of experience their life yeah which you would never have got to before so yeah those are always sad those ones where like someone ends up dying yeah yeah well i'm gonna switch over to we talked about him last time cormac mccarthy yes where i you know you know, you dropped a little bit of a... Dropped a bomb there at the end of the episode. I just kind of remembered it. And yeah. I was like, real sad. So so which Cormac McCarthy? I think you've only read one, right? Um, I've read two. So I've read No Country for Old Men, which I've talked about. Mm-hmm. And I've read The Road. Yeah. Um, and that's the one that I have on my list here because, yeah, if you haven't read it, you're in for a doozy. Yeah. It's sad. And like Cormac McCarthy's kind of like, that was his jam. Like just being like... Every- it was that like unabashed rawness and pessimism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he didn't care. He was like, you're going to read this book and you're going to hate your life while you do it, but it's still going to be good. But you're going to read it. You're going to finish it <laughs> and read more of his books because why not? Um, anyways, so <laughs> The Road basically is this dystopian world and you're following a man and his son. I don't even think they have names in it. Like I think they're literally like the man and the son in the book. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's kind of gotten to the point where, like, cannibalism is, like, really large there. Like, that's how people are surviving. Like, women are basically being bred to, like, give birth to these babies that are then eaten. (laughs) Yay. Yay. So it's not a happy book anyway, but the whole goal of these two people is that they need to make it to the coast. And that's just kind of the goal. That's, like, you're watching this son, like, grow up become like this really compassionate like human being who like wants to help these people who need help whereas the man is just trying to like get his son safe survive and yeah and it's just really hard to do in this world um and so they do end up making it to the coast after like going through all these things um but unfortunately the man throughout the book is um has some sort of respiratory illness whether it's from I don't know what caused the dystopian world. Not really sure on that. But he ends up dying after, you know, going through all of this work and stuff and like keeping his son alive. Um, And so you're just like kind of left with like the son mourning his dad for a few days. And then a man comes along and the son, you know, like he's just kind of seen the worst of humanity and but he chooses to just ask like what this man's morals it is like mm-hmm. is he a cannibal or what and then you you know like it's just kind of like with everything that they went through this son could have turned out completely different mm-hmm. he could have been completely like distant from all other humans like yeah. done his own thing lived on his own been alone in the world but then he chooses to like trust this man and be welcomed into this family uh and so yeah it was just like really sad because it's like you're you're like depressed the whole book and then it's it's like a good ending for the son but also really sad yeah. for the for the the dad and you don't feel great after reading it but you're like it's a good book but yeah depression. okay yeah <laughs> i so i have read one by Cormac McCarthy, which was Child of God. Mm. Um, and this is about a man accused, falsely accused of rape. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a whole thing. And I also remember reading the whole thing being like, that was bleak. Yeah. So I would imagine that most of his books read in that light. Like, you definitely have to go into that with a specific frame of mind. It's, yeah, it's just like, a lot of books like that I tend to choose are like the good guy wins in the end, whereas like Cormac McCarthy's very much like, no, that's not he's, how life works. He's not works even like the good time. guy doesn't 
win it's like maybe nobody's the good guy maybe nobody's the good guy maybe the villain's maybe, just still running rampant yeah like, but it's also like maybe the villain also loses in the end but you're gonna feel sad about it and it's just like yeah i don't know what the goal there was, was no resolution i don't know I, I don't know what the goal was other than to make me feel bad but also it was good yeah it's like he's a good writer so it's just it's a yeah. shame that he he passed away but he has some good books out there if you're wanting something a little bit more bleak, a little bit more, yeah, heavy. but still really well-written and well-thought-through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, So I have, I have quite a few more on my list, but I think one of the ones I do want to mention, I'm not going to go for Looking for Alaska, actually, even though I already made the joke about it. So Never Let Me Go. <laughs> <laughs> Never Let Me Go would be the one I kind of do want to talk about. So this is by Kazuo Ishiguro. And this is about, so it's, it's dystopian science fiction, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't know going into reading this book, which is, I think, important for the fact that I enjoyed it and also for the fact that I was very confused for part of it. Um, but so it, it follows the story of uh, Kathy, who is a carer. She's called a carer. And so she takes care of organ donors. Oh. And in this... Uh, society, um, they clone people specifically so that they will give their organs um, for the person who needs them, basically. And so they are raised kind of thinking like they're just normal kids. Mm-hmm. And then they are told that they will eventually die giving their organs to someone else um, whenever they are needed and they will likely not live for like an like probably more than into their 20s mm-hmm. and it's kind of like about them dealing with that fact and also about I mean there's lots of themes about I mean ethical practices yeah <laughs> for sure um, even just like how um, there's other like schools or like institutes that raise these organ donors but they don't necessarily treat them like people so like that's a kind of a topic that comes up a lot uh it ends with like so kathy is a carer so she's not um an organ donor but she follows like ruth and tommy and she like watches them like fall in love even though she kind of had like this like thing for tommy and um kind of the fact that like their love doesn't really matter because they're still gonna go through this fate and you kind of go through thinking like hey maybe 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 they'll figure out a way out right yeah and yeah so they don't they just they complete Mm -hmm. which is a euphemism in the book for giving a final donation and um dying and they both go through that process at different times and you kind of follow that and then you're just left with kathy kind of thinking about like what could have been and it's so sad yeah (laughs) but it's also like it's it's radioed in but it's kind of one of those things where like at what point you buy into the fact that this is actually going to happen actually kind of says a lot about how you feel about the ending because at at by the time it happens, it does, or at least for me, it did feel like inevitable, right? Like it mm-hmm. was like there was nothing to be done to go another way. But like that feeling of knowing that it's going to happen and just being like stuck with it is just so depressing. Um, yeah. But it's an incredibly well written novel. Like I actually do think it would be one that like you would personally enjoy a lot um, just because you do have that skew to the dystopia. It mm-hmm. does have, you know little bit of romance <laughs> it is not so great yeah but you do get that journey and it is saying a lot about society and kind of how we treat certain people and all of this stuff and mm-hmm. so yeah it's like a really good book in that sense but it is an incredibly sad ending yeah that's that is really sad i think we're just used to reading like YA romance where they're like they escape against all <laughs> yeah. odds it's like yay for they're happily ever after I have a few more. Um, I put We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. Yeah, I figured that one was going to come Yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before, but just like 
the shock of it. The shock of it all. And, I mean, we've been spoiling, so we're going to spoil. Um, that one, basically, like, you just, you find out after, you know, this unreliable narrator the whole time. And, I mean, you figured out the twist right away. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Not surprising, but to find out that her family and, you know, her young love burned in a house and are all dead and she's basically thinks thinks their ghosts are them Mm -hmm. and just realizing like at the end like okay so like her family who are still around like her aunts and her mom and her grandpa and all these people are kind of like are you okay like they know she's going through something she's grieving but they're not going to tell her exactly what's happening Mm -hmm. and once you get to the end of the book and you're like oh, like, that's why that person was acting that way. That's why yeah. that person was treating her this way. And it's just, like, real sad. Yeah. Real depressing. Um, yeah. I think the most, like, sad, depressing part about that is 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 the thought of, like, when you really go, what would I do Yeah, if that became my reality? And, like, I think my answer was, like, I don't know how you'd ever get over that. Like, Mm-mm. it ends on a little bit of, like, a hopeful note of, like, there is a chance for um, just kind of, like, like moving on and a healthy closure to what has happened. Because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't intentional, but it, it was in, it was in a way a little bit her fault. It was a little bit yeah, a way like of how, just childhood. How do you live with yourself? Yeah. But, like, how do you that. live with yourself? And yeah. I think it kind of answers that question, and yet it also leaves it very open to, like, maybe this won't be something that she'll be, like, able to deal with really easily mm-hmm. long term. And I think that's what really got me. It's, yeah. like, thinking about what long term you do to kind of, like, and deal being, with this. being that young, going yeah. through that, and just, like you're already like developing these emotions mm-hmm. and like your coping mechanisms and like yeah all this into like like I think her her grandma had passed away at that point but other than that she hadn't really dealt with death and like yeah. that is such a like hardcore way well also of and being I think the way her family deals with death in the book is very unhealthy like they they really do just like clam up on it and they don't want to mm-hmm. talk about it and like that's not really going to help long term when you know it's such a tragic thing like you can't really never talk about it again yeah exactly so that one made the list for obvious reasons yeah what else do you have on your list there um i have we are all the same by jim wooten and that one i've talked about before Mm -hmm. also about um nicozy who was a young boy who had hiv yes um and again, like, you know how it's going to end. Like, he ends up passing away. And it's just Jim Wooten writing about his ex- experience meeting this young boy and how he impacted his life. So mm-hmm. that one made the list because it was just it was just sad. Like, a mm-hmm. lot of good came out of this little boy's life. But there was still people who denied the existence of HIV and how it mm-hmm. affected people and, like, looked at Nicozy. A different way and mm-hmm. yeah so it's still sad in that point i mean a lot has changed and a lot has come from that since mm-hmm. then like that was i believe the 80s when that all happened but yeah and then my last one oh no i got two more sorry <laughs> um <laughs> uh the story of edgar sawtell david Wroblowski. yes i think that one uh, it's escaping me now i think it was a hamlet retelling i want to say but um, basically, like, his uncle... What's the one where, like, the uncle... That's Hamlet, yeah. Okay, yes, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah, like, the uncle, like... Do you like how quickly I knew that? Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I know Marissa. I should just say what I... The story premise, and she'll know. Uh, but yeah, so he runs away after his uncle basically accuses him... I can't remember what. You would know probably better, because you know Hamlet. You never read the story of Edgar Sautel, but you know Hamlet. Well, I mean, in Hamlet... I mean, Hamlet, so the uncle... Uh, Hamlet believes his uncle has killed his father yes. in order to get with his mother. Yes. And uh, the question of Hamlet is what to do about it, which Hamlet decides a whole lot of nothing until it's far too late to do anything at all, mm-hmm. and which eventually leads to a whole lot of death. Yes. So that's basically what happens here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. 
so like what happened inappropriate time to laugh but. yeah no no but i mean it's like he runs he runs away he's like living with his like uh german shepherd yeah. dogs like living on his own and I then he's the finally dogs. like you know what like i need to prove that my uncle poisoned my dad like yeah. blah 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 um gets there has this fight with the uncle there's like a police guy involved and then yeah they all end up dying in a burning barn and there was no justice served and it's really sad yeah. and the mom's that- left alone the dogs escape though the dogs escape so- you know what very happy to hear about that still sad ending uh <laughs> yeah that's about the ending of hamlet is like a lot of death for not a lot of reason yeah 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 it was just all senseless slaughter yeah and it was sad and i didn't like that so i have one where the dogs don't make it <gasps> no and this is where the wild sorry where the red fern grows oh man i watched that movie as a kid by wilson rawls so i don't know if your class when we went to the same school had to read it we had to read it. Oh. And we had to watch it. And oh. that was rough. So you're so in grade six, you... Oh, yeah. Mm, that's mm, that's child abuse. <laughs> yeah, so Where the Red Fern Grows is about a... The, in, in short, is about a young boy who gets two dogs. And he really, he really loves those dogs. Yeah. And I'm going to skip a few details in the middle. <laughs> Um, and one dog dies and then the other one dies. I believe if I'm remembering correctly, it's like the other dog, like, won't leave the one dog's grave situation. No. It's like really sad. Don't like that. And so they bury them next to each other. And then there's like this whole like fable about how, uh, red ferns only grow where there was like love or something. And then the red fern grows between their graves. And that wrecked me as a child. So, That's so sad. <laughs> it's a it's a really good book in the sense like I think also like in terms of like children it is a way to talk about death. Mm-hmm. Um it scarred me. So I don't know if it's a good way to talk about death. <laughs> but yeah. it is a good book and it is like kind of a classic at this point, but it is incredibly sad. So don't go into that one lightly. Yeah. Um that just sorry, that reminded that- me of the bridge to, to Terabith, Terabith yeah. yeah. Did you ever wa- read that one? I, think- I didn't read it, but I watched the movie and I cried. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if you watched the movie, you know what happens in it. That was sad ending. That one scarred me. We read that, that one in grade came- four. That one, <laughs> grade four, <laughs> or Ouch. five. I was a child. Yeah. Well, I used to read Lurleen McDaniel when I was in grade five. Oh, yeah. So I'm I did that to myself. Like, that's oh, I don't even want to talk about those ones. <laughs> None of those on the list. Like, look at this, like, cover of The Bridge to Terabithia. It yeah. just looks sad. It like- just looks sad. It looks depressing. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I needed to bring it up because I, I completely blocked that memory, clearly, because it was traumatizing. I We watched it as a family, and I was, oh. I think I was in, like, grade five or four. Like, it was, like, when it came out. And we watched it as a family, and I remember my brother and sister laughing so hard because I was crying and I was like, I don't know how everyone's okay right now. Like I, it's so, it's, it's tragic. Yeah. Yeah. It is tragic. I could not read that book. I don't think. And just like, like the main character, Jesse, he like loses this friend of his and he like thinks it's his fault because it's like, it's so sad. It's another situation where like, it would be so hard to move on. Yeah. Like, and forgive yourself, forgive yourself. And then like, that's even less his fault really though. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Anyways, the other ones I have on my list, the book thief by Marcus Zusak. So this one less sad. I feel like not in the sense that nothing sad happens. I think the, the big thing that you think is going to happen is that the young girl you're going to, your following is going to die um and she does because your narrator is death so it's 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 very sad but like she doesn't die in the way that you think she is but she does go through some like very traumatic events before that and i i don't want to spoil it to be honest i think everyone should just read it yeah it's a world war ii book so go into that knowing um that's what you're going to be kind of dealing with but it is a really good read um the great gatsby by f scott's Fitzgerald is on my list. I also have two John Green books. Probably could have added more. The yeah. Anthropocene Reviewed is very sad in many ways, but I didn't put it on here. Uh, so The Fault in Our Stars. Mm-hmm. That one's an easy one. That mm-hmm. one's easy. It's two kids with cancer. Like it's a 
Yeah. It's going to get you. Yeah. Um, but Looking for Alaska is one I wanted to talk a little bit of detail about. So Looking for Alaska, if you're looking, if you're looking, <laughs> read it. Uh, maybe skip ahead like two minutes. Yeah. I'll try to make it in about two minutes. But Looking for Alaska is about a young boy who goes to boarding school and he's counting down days. So it starts and it's like, I can't remember how many days, but it's like 128 days before. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and then it gets to zero and his friend dies. Mm-hmm. And then it's like after. And I knew it was coming. Like, I just kind of felt it. And it's still like definitely like rips you up. And it's a lot about him dealing with the fact that like this person who died wasn't quite the person he thought she was. And also like that her death is not about him. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as it is about his grief, it's not about her death isn't about him. And, like, him coming to the terms with the fact that he has to grieve without making it about him. Mm. And I just think it's, like, such a good book. Mm-hmm. Um, Highly recommend that one. So those those are kind of my my few books that I wanted to throw out there at the end. Yeah. No. I didn't say anything about The Great Gatsby, but that one. I know. I'm like, what happens? Do you not know what happens in no. The Great Gatsby? I feel like I've heard things, but I keep forgetting. So it's still going to be a surprise for me whenever I read it or watch Maybe the we'll movie. Maybe we'll put it on the book club. Is it is it hard to read? It's not hard to read. Okay. <laughs> then yes, let's put it. <laughs> I don't even think it's that long, to be honest. No. Um. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll have to add that to the list. Oh. All right. We should choose our next topic. All right, so this one is from Alloy on our Discord server. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. quick little shout out to our Discord server. If you want to throw recommendations for topics, you should go to the link in the description of this podcast and find our Discord server and uh, join it and it'll be awesome. But this one is genre or subgenre, your surprise is popular and one you wish you got more attention. Mm. I feel like I'm going to have a couple answers for this. Like for ones that are popular yes. that I'm surprised about, and ones that I wish got wish more. Wish got att- more for sure. Wish got more attention, but which is a hard balance to strike because you don't want them to get too, too too much. Yes, but you do want them to get enough that you got lots of options. Got lots of options, and then like people are willing to like try reading those yes genres mm-hmm. because now that they know it's getting popular. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Uh, anything coming up on your reading list that you're hoping to get through in the next little bit or something that you're currently reading? Yeah, still currently reading um, Dracula, but I got a road trip coming up this weekend, so... It'll get done. It'll get done. Cross that off the list. Um, I also started um, like a short story anthology type thing. Proud of you. Thank you. Um, you look confused, but you said it right. Okay, thanks. I was a little, I was like, is that what it is? Yeah, um, an anthology, yeah. Yeah, so it's The Whole Animal by Karina Chong, and she is, like, Canadian author, sounded yeah. like a really interesting kind of topic. I'm a couple stories in. I find It's interesting. I find short story books, like, collections, both hard and nice, because, mm-hmm. like, in one case, you can, like, be like, I'm going to sit down and read until this short story is done like you have like a deadline but then i find when i go to pick it up i'm not as like into it because like i'm starting a whole new thing yeah Yeah. so if do you have you been feeling that i've yeah like i've only read two like like i read one before bed last night and that was kind of nice because i was like oh this is a nice little read like i can get through it and then i did read one on my lunch break and then i liked that because i don't like getting into like a bigger book Mm -hmm on my lunch break and being like, well, I got to go now. Yeah. So I that might be just how I read it is in like little chunks. But yeah. I don't know, like I'm looking forward to reading it tonight. So yeah, that's a good sign. We'll see. I feel like you just have to be on yourself to like pick it up. Exactly. And it only takes me like, I don't know, probably 15, 20 minutes to yeah. read one of them. And then so if I can commit to that, which is what I generally do when I read, then yeah, it'll be good. I think I'll get through it really quick. Yeah. What about you? What's on your Well, I have to finish TBR? six pages of Leviathan Wakes. Okay. Okay. Do that first. Anything? Uh, it is It is part of a series that I will not be completing because I oh. don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I don't think I've ever felt... No, that's really... Like, this strong opinion. It's not even like... I Like, if somebody was like, oh, I really love that book, I wouldn't be like, wow, it was horrible. It was mm-hmm. just like, there was a lot of things I didn't like about it. Yeah. 
Fair. And I just wouldn't recommend it to people. But I'm also not ashamed to like have finished it. Like I'm glad I finished it, so I had the full thing. Yeah. Um. Next up on the list, I don't really know. There's one on my shelf that I really want to read, but I also kind of want to get through some others. Mm-hmm. So I'm like almost saving it as like a dessert thing. Mm-hmm. I do have the rest of the Brandon Sanderson books coming in. Okay. Um. I did. I did order that immediately after I finished the first one because I was like, <laughs> this is going to happen. And yeah. uh, they still haven't arrived and it's really annoying me. Yeah. Especially because I can't just wait for them because I've done the math and I need to be... Read- so my like goal right now is to finish a book every three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's so much my goal that every time I start a new book, I divide it into three portions. <laughs> so I know what I have yeah. to read each day yeah. before I'm allowed to like leave it for the next day. So even if it's slow, even if it's dragging, it's like, no, you got to get to that point, which is helping a lot. So um, yeah, that's those are on the list for sure. But that's kind of whenever they come in. So it might be a couple weeks out yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's Otherwise, fair. whatever I pick up next. You know, you got options. I do have... You don't... You're not lacking in that. I'm not lacking in the options. I have <laughs> at least 150 options. Yeah. It's slowly going down, though. You're doing a good job. I'm, I'm proud actually, of you. I, it's, it's going down. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm it's proud amazing of you. feeling. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. If, did we mention it when you... I was like, hey, let's go to this book fair. Oh, we didn't talk about this. I was so proud of me. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we didn't mention it the last one, but I'm going to mention it again because I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) So, yeah, this is our final story for the night. But, yeah, Megan texted me and she was like, let's go to a book fair. And I sat there and I looked at it and I said, no, Marissa, (laughs) we are not allowed to go to this book fair because you need to read some of the books. It helped that I was sitting upstairs yeah. and I was literally surrounded by all the books I haven't read that I own. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do it. If I had been downstairs, maybe. Could have convinced me. <laughs> yeah. I would have looked at my bookshelf of finished books and been like, treat yourself, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I was like, I'm not going. No. no. And I felt bad. And then I was like immediately proud of myself. So that yeah, was, I was good. Like, I was like, good, good for her. Self-control. Self-control. And then I went and I Yeah, but you have purchases. You have a little bit more (laughs) self-control than me. So when I was ordering the Brandon Sanderson books also, Mm -hmm. because like that was gonna happen. Oh yeah. That one was allowed. And then I saw Yellow Face by (gasps) RF Kwong. Oh yeah. And I sat there and I stared at it. And that one's coming too. You did buy that one. I did. (laughs) So I got to give myself a little treat. Okay, and that, but that was it. Like, and then then I started scrolling through all the books, and I was like, "Nope, no, you gotta stop." Slippery, slippery slope, Marissa. Yeah. Well, and I so like I bought a board you... game instead. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, whatever. That's fine. Different, different area. Different area. It doesn't count. Um, but I like that you got yellow face because then I can borrow it from you. Yeah, I was like, I'm. It was one of those things where I was like, "This is gonna happen regardless of when it yeah. happens," which is how I felt with Brian and Sanderson. I was like. You're going to get them anyway, and you're going to read them. Yeah. And R.F. Kwong is one of those as well. So I was like, you know what? Just. It's okay. It's okay. And it's a Reese Witherspoon book club pick. Officially. I didn't know that. It just happened like <laughs> I don't think that would have swayed my no. choice at all. But, but you know just, what? You know. I would, the more you know. Yeah. Just a little <laughs> sprinkle of sugar on top. Oh, my God. I love that. All right. Any final thoughts here, Megan? No. <laughs> No final thoughts. All right. So mentioned it before. We have a Discord server. You can find the link to that in the description of this podcast episode. If you want a little bit more content from us or if you want to catch us on another channel, we also have an Instagram account at the book jar pod. So catch us there to give us topics for our next podcast, which we will add to our book jar or to just see what we're reading and what we're up to and chat with us there. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. And uh, as always, I guess, keep on reading on. Oh, we're bringing that back now? Yeah, we're bringing that back now, but no banjo. Oh, okay. Bye. Why do you do me like that? Because, um, we're not good at the banjo. That was rude. The banjo?
reminds me of <laughs> that was rude moving on. Uh, moving on the boundary reminds me of like the goofy movie kind of like that one <laughs> scene when they're in the middle of nowhere yeah. what are no the- i i don't know what i can picture the scene you and i picture the no scene. additional details to give you what are the rat things <sighs> there were rat things what are they i don't know some you know what uh, we should do we should go watch the goofy movie um yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> less time next time to decide okay that's such a good movie though it is it's heartwarming it's like father-son vibes it was always my favorite and it was always my you want to know what i loved the most about it and this is so stupid but i loved the canned cheese it looked so good yes or this can of soup that he warms up with his little yeah. car warmer yeah which- i don't understand don't understand why it looks so good just want to eat it but i yeah and then doesn't it say like a little cute message and it's like alphagetti or (gasps) something we we need need to watch this 